Hi, my name is Eva. I'm a classic overeater. Hi, I'm abstaining perfectly from eating desserts. I'm abstaining imperfectly from eating other foods that are not good for my body and my soul. And I'm abstaining imperfectly from judgment, resentment, and sentiment. Now, um, now it's time for me to qualify. Okay. So, hi, I'm Michelle, compulsive reader. Um, it's I'm really grateful to be here today, and it's an example of how higher power is the master choreographer. Because originally you were supposed to hear someone else this morning, and um, yesterday late in the afternoon she asked me if I could cover because she wasn't feeling well, and so I said yes because that's what we do, and. Um, What's even sort of more odd about the timing of that is that even the day before, somebody had asked me to cover a different meeting this morning, <laughs> and it was an odd thing because I had read the text and I got distracted at work and I didn't answer right away. And then she texted back and said, "Oh well, somebody else is going to do it," because I was going to say yes to that. So I guess I'm supposed to be here today. So that is working in my life and yours apparently. So, um, so here we are. But. <laughs> So, uh, you know, just to qualify, um, I've been in program actively working it since July of 2011, and I consider um, July 25th, 2011, my abstinence date. I've been up and down the same 25, 30 pounds for just years and years, and um, now for the most consistent time, it's probably about five and a half years that I've been down that weight. And um, again, spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection, you know, my eating and food plan, it's not perfect, but it's pretty clean. And um, it wouldn't have looked like that. It did not look like that before. And so I was thinking, you know, you know, what, what should I sort of talk about today that, um, I mean, I know a lot of people in the room, not everybody knows my story, but um, the last time I led this meeting was, I think, in 2015, and a lot has actually changed for me in my life since that time. I mean, some things not really at all, and some things enormously. And so I think I want to talk to you about how, you know, everybody likes a before and after, you know, and um, so sort of what it was like and what it's like now, and hopefully there's a positive change so that you can feel like, wow, it works, you know. So while in many ways I'm still the, you know, wretched creature that I started out as, but <laughs> there are many things that are, are, are far improved. And um, for me, the, you know, the way a lot of things manifest and there's many threads that I can point to that are sort of beginning and beginning middle and changed current ending threads but I think I'll focus a little more on like the work situation because that's changed a lot over the time and that, that's the thing that brought me in here so um, basically in 2011 I had a, a really unpleasant thing happen in my work situation where um, long story short uh, I had sort of two separate contracts in this place and one of them was for four days a week and I lost that four day a week thing because of all sorts of combinations of things. My part, their part, all sorts of stuff. And I was in a state of pain, shame, everything and it was also sort of a confluence of events with you know, family of origin, difficulties. So I was, I was on my knees. I was, actually, I was more like crawling, not even on my knees. I was like flat, you know. And um, so I realized that I needed to come to some 12-step program, probably this one, because the, the possibility of getting bigger than I ever had been was looming large at that time. And um, 
I thought if I don't, if I'm not at work every day, I'm just going to go home. I'm just going to eat. I'm going to be in self-pity and just eat all the time, and I'll gain 50 or 100 pounds, and it'll be like insanity. So, um, so I came to OA, and you know, he'd come in 2009 for a while, but I, it didn't stick. I, I, you know, I didn't do anything. But I came back really in a, in a state in 2011, and um, you know, I during right before though, before coming in here. What it looked like at work with food, to try to get through my day, I ate so much candy because I was in constant stress and fear, anxiety, and I didn't know I had any tools really to handle that stuff. And every little thing triggered me. Every little thing, I felt like it's my fault. I have to take care of it, and then I would be angry and you know resentful, and and there were all these kinds of people that I was resentful of, and they have of me, and you know it was just a, a big ridiculous drama and needless. Well, you know, or sort of needless, but I was eating so much candy and so much everything else, and all the good habits that I ever had all along the way were out the window. And you know, all through life, it had been the sort of up and down, the 25-30. The diets would work when I'd be on one, but then it would always end, and I always gain the weight back. But but this particular time frame, I could see myself be so like powerless over the sugar and everything else for that matter. But I I just said, well, I, I I can't stop eating candy at work. So, you know, I, I fast forward. I, so I, I, I get basically a fancy way of saying I, you know, got fired. They didn't renew the contract. Um, I come here. I got a sponsor right away, and she said to go to five meetings a week, to um, have three meals with two optional snacks, to make two outreach calls a day, and to work in the steps. And so I started doing those things. I was very willing because I really felt like I had, you know, nowhere else to go. This was the last house on the block. And so I became abstinent in the sense that I ate the three meals and the two optional snacks, and that was a win because I wasn't eating all day long. But there were big meals and big snacks because um, I didn't like. If you expect me to eat only five times a day, then that's what's going to happen. It's going to be bigger. And um, at that time, I thought, well, okay, maybe this is as good as it gets. Like, I didn't have any expectation around losing weight because, like, it had been up and down so many times. I thought, like, that'll never happen again. You know what? I have to be okay with that. And so it ended up being, it took me two years of that, just kind of doing that and working the steps. Um, and I got to a place where I was kind of less, um, like, I wasn't as quite as judgmental about how I looked, you know. Um, it was kind of like, all right, well, this may be as good as it gets. Like that's just what it is. Like I'm middle aged, you know, all those sorts of things. I don't know if we're going to have the the success ever again. So fine, okay. But then a couple of years in, there were a few things that happened that shifted my willingness to um, to do some things differently. And one of them was uh, I had injured my elbow and I went to physical therapy. And you think, well, you know, whatever. But I realized that was sort of a fancy strength training, and, I, and it, it really occurred to me if I don't keep up doing this, a I'm going to get the pain back, and then b, you know, I'm going to like, this is what I need to get back into doing. And so I thought at that time too, if I if I'm willing to do that, if I'm willing to like pick up exercise again in a real way, then I have to think about putting the food down more because otherwise it's just a vicious cycle. It's like not it's going to be for nothing, you know. And then the other thing that happened at that time, right around all that similar time frame, was um, we lost our cat. She was almost 17, and and I realized that at that time it was it was such a horrible time that um, it would not honor her memory if I 
ate over her, you know. So that made me a little more willing. And then the other thing was, it happened that I was in the sort of in the like ninth, tenth step of my step work. So I guess it sort of promises, kind of, sort of. But um, so what ended up happening is that I started going to like some strength training for real, and I started riding my bike more on a more like regular basis. And um, and lo and behold, I actually lost weight. And it was a shock to me. And I was like, but I, and I was happy about it. It was great. And it was like, okay, this is wonderful. But you know what else happened was um, the feelings started coming up. And so you hear people talk about like losing weight, it doesn't make you happy. Well, that's true. I'm still the same miserable, wretched person, but only I weighed less, you know. <laughs> but all the feelings were coming up. And, and it got so intense that I actually had to go to another program at that point. And um, so I've been doing two programs now since then. But um, the thing that's different, one of the things over this time, is that is me of like life on life's terms, which I'm not really good at. I don't like life on life's terms. I've somehow remained abstinent and have not gained all my 30 pounds back. You know, so that's something that that can only be attributed to a higher power working this program, doing all the things that don't seem to be related to weight loss in particular. But how the work thing plays in is that, you know, even though it was a really unpleasant ending of this, you know, sort of job that I did, um, I was still in the place. I was still there. And so I had to face all of the repercussions of, like, gossip and this and who was on my side and who wasn't and, you know, and all this kind of crazy stuff. And, and it was just, it was so uncomfortable. And, um, and then, so what ended up happening was over, like, in the next time frame, some people who had my back in the place gave me another day in another department. So then I was there two days a week. And that was for a while, you know. It was like a long time. And I thought, okay, well, that's just how it's going to be. That, you know, I'm going to have my two days, and it's fine. I'm grateful for it. But, you know, it was such that in the place when, you're, um, when you work there 50%, you get full benefits. So I was just under that. So I lost all my health insurance and all that. And so that gave me a lot of stress and anxiety around, you know, all that sort of thing. And somehow, again, everything was been okay. I mean, I, you know, one of the lessons of that time is to learn how to receive, you know, because, you know, we talk a lot about service and giving, but the other side, the other half of, of giving is receiving. Um, other people don't feel seen and heard if you don't receive from them. If you're always on that side of like, oh, well, let me give to you, but I can't, like, I can't take anything you give me in, people feel like, I mean, because I know that's how I feel. If somebody won't receive from me, it's like it feels, it's hurtful. So the thing is that I have to learn how to receive from my partner who, you know, has always, all along, has made a better living than I have, <laughs> which is a good thing. It's a very good thing. But I, I always like to be self-supporting, you know. And, um, but over this time frame, I had to learn how to receive because, you know, I mean, I was, I was self-supporting to a point, but, um, like, I always think, well, if I had to live alone and, you know, pay for all the things that live in, in the nice place, you know, nice area of town and all that, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. It has to be two people doing it together, you know. And um, so I had a hard time with that because and, and, it was never like that before. That's the thing. So I was always, you know, it was... It, it wasn't like that before this time frame. And that, that's where my ego, and, and you know, it's hard to talk about it. I don't even like to talk about it, but that's a part of the story that I had to learn how to do that. And that was, I think, no, I mean, there's no accidents. You know, higher power, is, uh, higher power is everything or nothing. And 
you know, whether you choose to call your higher power God or not or whatever, um, it's kind of, that's one of the black and white things. It's all or nothing. And for me, it's, it has to be everything and it has to be in the details because otherwise it's no meaning, you know. And so I had to learn how to receive and I, and I it was it, uncomfortable, but I learned better how to do that. And then along the way, someone, um, actually about maybe five years ago, someone retired from the old position that I had gotten fired from and people there were encouraging me why don't you reapply why don't you do that and and I had a lot of support and so I did I reapplied and the politics were still such at the time that they said no and so I still so I was okay you know that's God's will I was okay with it and then um, so I just went back and I was doing my two days and that's fine and so it's like I thought okay life's good I get to work my program I have a lot of sponsees you know I, get, I, was, I was taking classes and stuff I was kind of living this sort of semi-retired life and people sort of thought like oh you're semi-retired isn't that nice and it's like well yeah kind of sort of if that was my intention it really wasn't <laughs> it really wasn't I mean these are like my productive work years that are like not that productive but you know what God had a different plan for me. And um, so, you know, went along, did that. Then, in the work story, it's funny, so we had with the two days, up until it was like, I think I want to say it was April of 2018, somebody else retired from a different position. And so I'm, I'm like in these two different departments at this point. And so because this person left, they needed somebody to cover another day. So I got another day. But it was understood it was temporary until they hired, like, a, you know, whatever. But I got my health insurance back. And I was like, woohoo. Like, I was super happy about that. And so, like, that, then I could start to feel self-supporting. Like, I'm bringing something back. Because it, it, it turned out at the same time or similar time frame, exactly time, similar time frame, you know, my partner had left a job that she was in and went back to doing contract work. So contract work is great. You know, you make good money, but you don't get benefits. So we were paying extraordinary amounts of money for the health insurance. Like this is like my albatross, the, the health insurance, you know. And um, so I was thinking, I don't know what the solution is. This, this is going to be. It's like we're going to have to like pay ridiculous money for the rest of our lives for health insurance. Then how it's going to be? It's like okay, God, because the only solution I could see is that it would come back from the place that I worked at, and it did, even though it was temporary. So I was like, okay, well, it's temporary for today. I have great health insurance for low cost so it's like just be grateful for what you have today so I was and so that was the, that's like so that went along for a while that was April of last year and um, then a couple months later well maybe two three months later um, it came to my attention somebody else was retiring <laughs> from the old job okay so somebody else said why don't you reapply and I was like you know what this time the person who was telling me I should reapply I wasn't so much listening to and I thought nah you know we've already been down this road no I think I'm, I'll, I'll just take my chances with my three days and you know we'll leave, we'll leave it well enough alone and so I just kind of let it be and I didn't do anything and I thought alright I'm okay with that and then the next thing I knew I got a phone call from the, the big boss saying well you know so and so is retiring have you thought about maybe coming back <laughs> And then I thought, oh, okay, that's God talking to me. Like, I guess maybe you're supposed to think about this if you're getting an invitation from the decision maker, you know. So, I, and then I, I thought about it. I thought, you know, do I really want to do this? Because, I've, like, nothing's really changed in that situation. Like, like the only thing that's going to change, like, it, like, if I get a do-over to, to do the thing, 
it's going to have to be me that's changed because all the same problems exist all the same challenges all the same difficulties all the same potential triggers and reasons for why they gave me the boot in the first place like am I that different can I handle it you know and so it was a challenge like, like is, this, is this something do I want to do this and you know the health insurance is really strong motivator because I thought if, if I do this thing as long as I do this part of this job, like even if the other day goes away, I am guaranteed my health insurance for as long as I'm doing that work. And I thought, well, okay, how does that feel? Are you selling yourself the devil, or is it is it like? And then the more I thought about it, it was like, you know, I guess maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to get a do-over, you know. And um, and I, but this time I will have program and I will have support and fellows and a sponsor and, and all these things that I didn't have the first time around you know and um, and so basically I started um, the old new job in August so it's been like six months you know almost seven months and um, so it was kind of a pink cloud for a while there everything was going great and I thought oh I'm different and, and it's all good and I mean it's aggravating and, and even some of the things like I like you know you, like the do-over isn't just the like the idea of like oh I'm coming back and like now everything's great the do-over is every little thing that was a problem before and so um, in the last six months all the same things have come up like except for like until the biggest problem which is more recent but all the little ones you know like I have to go handle this conflict or that conflict and it all went better and it was like it was still uncomfortable but it was like okay I'm better at it I can do it better and I felt kind of good about that and you know that program but then most recently God said, um, okay, you're going to have the big one, the big do-over, and you're going to get this again. <laughs> and, um, and it happened, like just it's happening like now, like this week. And when it first happened, I was like, are you effing kidding me? Like, is this really, like, I can't even believe this is happening again. Like, deja vu. But then, now I'm starting to see it, especially the fact that I'm here talking about it. It's an opportunity. And... Um, it's an opportunity to be different and that's what my sponsor said to me you can be different it's what everybody I'm talking to says it's this chance for you to be different and um, and so I'm going to do my best to be different in this situation and what's different too now is there's a few other different players involved who um, they're handling it from their end differently so the way it looks like it's going to turn out I mean I don't know what the result's going to be but we're going to have basically a meeting of the people involved to have a conversation and that didn't happen quite the same way the first time around so I get to bring my program skills and I get to pray that day that I'm not angry and I'm not bitter and I'm not like bringing nasty to it you know I have to bring calm and serenity and like just bring program to it and bring higher power to it so that's how I can be different because I didn't have that before I didn't have those skills or those tools or anything like that and um, so that you know that remains to be seen we'll see how that goes but at this point I don't feel like it's going to have the same outcome as before I just feel like it'll be different but I don't know that maybe it'll be this you know it's up to higher power like wherever we're supposed to be we're going to be you know that's the thing my tiny brained machinations do not you know I think I'm planning so many details and like this here and this and I'll do this at this time it's like yeah none of it's going to happen it's all going to happen however it's supposed to happen and I just have to be in acceptance of whatever that looks like 
so that's how program works in my life you know and like as far as you know my sort of daily practices and like what I do um, to work my program on a daily basis I um, Really, I really make an effort to meditate every day, and I try to do that the first thing waking up. And so I did that this morning, and um, like the way I do it, I've done it kind of the same way for a while. I've tried different things, but um, is that five minutes? Okay, thank you. Um, I do um, have downloaded different chants on my phone, and so I kind of listen to them. And there, so it gives me like the amount of time, so I don't have to be thinking about how long it's taking, or just kind of know how long it'll be. And my head is often busy. It's not like I'm always that connected, but you know, it's the effort. And usually, at some point throughout the time, usually it's about 15 minutes or so. I usually can feel my higher power. I usually can connect. It's like, okay, I can feel that. And as long as it's like, okay, God, please let me know you're there. Let me help me tune in. And then, and I pray. I get on my knees and pray. And I, you know, and it's, I really take seriously the thing of praying for people that I have resentments against, because. Um, because you know, one thing I didn't say about work is that there were so many resentments, but now of the people who are still there that I had resentments against, I don't have them. I mean, I can honestly say there's one one person there who I, I just hated. I thought I'll never stop hating this person, but now I like him, and I don't. And, and I can't say that about everybody. I mean, there's still some people I have resentments against that I that I still hate. But um, but you know what I do is every morning I do pray for these people. I get on my knees and I pray, and it like. It doesn't necessarily, for me, always go away, it, but it it, um, it lessens it a little bit. And I just there's some people I've actually been praying for for years. Just pray that somebody told me one time in program, um, a fellow was very funny. She said, "Pray that they that they feel safe, happy, happy, and loved, so they're not such assholes." <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. I know we're not supposed to curse, but it, you know the. I, I kind of I do that and I leave out the last part. It's just like pray that they feel safe, happy, and loved, you know. And and I can mean that. I can actually mean it for those people, even if I don't like them, you know. So that's like it's as good as it gets sometimes. But I do it. I actively and, I, and it's a long list. There's a lot of people I still have to pray for because it's like insurance, you know. Because I just like for me, I can. It's so easy to brew up a new resentment and go there, you know. So I have to kind of have to do that. And um, I. Uh, you know, I, call, I either call I, well, I call my sponsor every day, usually during the week. I send food. I actually send food to another person too. I, there's another friend who I um, uh, we text each other and say we're done eating. So I have I've, I've learned in this program to broaden my circle, which it's, that's a, a big contrary action for me, big because I don't want to broaden my circle. I just want to keep it but safe, you know. And but I've learned I'm learning how to do that better, and I'm making efforts. And, the, and finding that there's a lot of very nice, kind people who um, who are, you know, I'm grateful to be getting to know. And um, and I, uh, you know, again, I have a lot of sponsees, and I try to stay in touch with them on a, you know, very regular basis. Um, and some of them call more than others, and you know, and it's not perfect. I tell them what they should do, but they don't always do it. But you know, but you know, I, I feel like my sponsees are a great gift of this program. Um, God has given me some really wonderful people that um, I get to like hear about their lives and tell them about my life and um, and there's a there's a warmth to it you know and um, the the whole thing about the bigger picture of service like what does service mean you know I try to do a lot of service but the bigger picture of service is connection and that's what I'm learning how to do here in people school is to connect because I don't know how to do that I didn't learn very well and 
So I consider this to be um, an opportunity. Like this is the like we're kind of in class and we read the steps and we acknowledge working a step and then. God says, okay, now you're going to get a lab experience. You're going to get a practical exam. <laughs> Here's your step working, you know. And so I find that whenever I acknowledge a step, it's given to me in spades, you know. Like I have to, um, like, okay, here it comes. And it's some convoluted experience that, you know, I have a friend who's been in program for a long time, she says, if you ask to learn patience, God gives you a traffic jam. So, you know, if I ask to learn, if I ask to learn how to get rid of my character defects of jealousy or something like that, well, okay, you're going to get super jealous and super triggered because of compare and despair of some sort or another, and you're going to be crazy from it. And that's how you learn. And it's like not, God's not trying to punish you or me. It's like you can't learn unless you have an experience. Because we're all defiant creatures. We don't learn unless it happens. If you can tell me a hundred times, oh, well, this is what happened to me. Don't do this. I'll be like, yeah, okay, but that, that's not me. Like, that's you, you know, until I, get, I have to get the sledgehammer a little bit. So, you know. So that that's how it works. But um, you know, I go to a lot of meetings. I you know I try to do outreach. I try to do all the things that I know work. And you know what? When I'm feeling lousy, and then I reach out and either call or text, it helps. So thank you for letting me share. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions I shared with you today are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Okay, who would like to ask a question? Hi, uh Okay. Um, the question is, could I talk about anything other in my anything other in my, in my morning routine other than meditation? Um, so, okay, yeah, I actually do have a lot of routines in the morning that um, are helpful for my program for me. I mean, I get up really early so that I have enough time to do everything I want to do before work. So I I get up and meditate first and pray, and then usually. Um, like I shower and then have breakfast. And um, so what my food looks like, I, I often have the same breakfast, which is um, uh, yogurt, 12 almonds, and um, a half an apple or some other kind of fruit. And so it sounds very specific, but like that's kind of, that's the breakfast, it kind of works. And then I bring, I actually bring food with me to work every day. And um, with, well, well, with very few exceptions. but. Um, that works for me too and I've, I've found that um, I try to make the food in advance and then in the morning kind of put everything together so that's part of the morning routine is to deal with my food you know and it takes time but you know I've heard people say that um, if you if you fail to plan you plan to fail so the, the planning food um, thing really helps me a lot because then because at work I'm often busy and sometimes lunch doesn't happen exactly when it's supposed to so if I have something ready to go, because like for me, like if I'm hungry, um, like I need to eat right away. It's like this kind of light switch. Like there's not a lot of waiting time. Like and, and that's when bad decisions get made or like desperation things. So, um, so basically, so back to your question about morning though is um, basically I so I have breakfast, then uh, you know I have put the lunch together and do all that, and then. Um, 
you know, and then I go to work. Yeah, so that's kind of the, the thing. But, but food, the, the planning about food, that, that's involved in the morning ritual. So I hope that answers your question. Thanks. Um, you mentioned learning how to receive. Mm-hmm. What about, um, did you need to learn to ask <coughs> for what you need and where in the program helped you mm-hmm. Okay, so the question is, about, you know, related to learning to receive, did I learn how to ask and how did I do that in program? And, you know, um, I'm still not great at asking. It's hard. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I'll ask people that, um, like sometimes the answer is no, you know, and like I have a hard time with the answer being no, and so, um, but sometimes it's yes, you know, and I guess that's the thing is learning how to um, be willing to deal with rejection if the answer is no, you know, because sometimes, you know, you can't expect, like what I learn in, in the other program too is you can't expect people to fix it for you, you know, and we learn that in this program, like nobody can fix it, but I guess at some level, I kind of want somebody to fix it, you know, and I want to fix it for them, you know. It's like, I'll fix it for you if you fix it for me, you know, <laughs> we can fix it. But that doesn't, it's not like, like, you know, I think there's a fine line of like, what does fellowship mean versus what is um, stepping over the bound and boundary and like trying to be, you know, intrusive, you know, because I think what you're asking, like for me, the, what that, what, what that all looks like is um, receiving is not just it's, it's emotional receiving you know and so I'm kind of it's like it, that tends to be it can be an all or nothing you know where it's um, either like, like just stay away stay out so I don't get hurt you know and um, but and that's a work in progress it's, there's still no it's not um, that I think I'll be working on that till the day I stop breathing you know but um yeah, I guess it's it's just it is learning how to ask, and then learning how to either hear no or <laughs> or or even hearing yes. It's like well, then what do you do with that? Because it's all about like learning how to connect. When people want to connect, it's like it's one thing to again. I think there's a dynamic that happens. It's a human nature thing of push pull, you know. And I think that's that's a really um, for me that's been a prevalent concept in my life of push-pull and I've been on both sides of it you know and so when you're on the wrong side of it when you feel like you're the one chasing and someone else is not responding that um, that's painful but I know for a fact I've been that person that, on the other side so um, you know I don't have a great answer for how that I think it's just it's a work in progress and learning how to be to stand still and be present and connect for as long a period as possible in a healthy way so that it's not like overwhelming to any party I, I, don't, know, I don't know if that answers your question but yeah um, I think both of you thanks so much Michelle um, can you talk a little bit about how program has changed you and your relationships not only in work but mm-hmm. with, in life Change. Okay, so the question is, how has program changed my relationships in, in life? And you know how it's definitely how it's changed my relationships in life is there's a direct correlation in doing things like 
being a greeter in a meeting. Okay, so you think, how is that such a big deal? For me, that's a huge deal to say hello to people. You know, so now because I've done that so many times, and it's a natural thing to like introduce myself to somebody I either don't know or somebody like to say hi to somebody that in a meeting, I can do that in my real life. Like I can go up to people, or I could be more gregarious at a party, or I can be like it's it's helped my um, sort of general like. Uh, introversion to be a little better a little more skilled and so yeah the program has definitely made me a more like pleasant individual you know in a little bit and exactly like yeah I can get by I've always gotten by I and mean, somehow I managed to be educated and do all these things but I have more joy so um, I hope that answers <coughs> in your share you mentioned several times working step three explicitly uh-huh and I'm just wondering, what was your process? Because now it seems like you're exiting the power on a daily basis. Huh. So if there was any journey or whether it just happened. Okay, so um, the question is like how I, uh, what step three is, is like for me. It seems like I'm accessing that power on a daily basis. You know, I feel like everything is step three, everything. I mean, because, or one, two, and three. like. I feel like I, I, I am powerless over everything, you know. I mean, not that I can't take actions, not that I can't, um, you know, make choices, but I am powerless over the outcome. And so there's a power great, like, and then I sort of step two, I have to, like, that's the in-between part, is to really know, to really believe in the power greater than myself. I know I'm not it. I know. I mean, it's like, it's an arrogance to assume that any human... Power. I mean, to me, that feels that way. There's, we are not all there is, you know. And no matter what you call it, you can call it anything you want. We don't control. Like I mean, I hear people say all the time, the, the ocean, you know. Like, try to make the waves stop. You know, none of us can do that. But so I guess the thing is, um, it's not always easy to do step three. I just, I, it's, it's not. Um, and I don't know that I'm always successful at it, but I think. There's nothing like desperation, the gift of desperation. And so I feel like there's many desperations that happen in a day, you know, because I'm such a person of extremes. Everything's like, an ex- everything's a desperate thing, you know. So it's kind of like, I have to, I have to do that. Like, all right, fine. Like, okay, God, it's yours because I don't know what to, you know, well, tell me what to do. Cause, and, and then there's not always a, like a clear response necessarily, like God doesn't send me a note or something. But there's usually something, you know, there's some answer, or there's some event or something, even if it's external, because you know, they say it's an inside job, and it is, but there's external events that sort of affect and, and alter insides. You know, you kind of, it's all tied together. So the external, like sometimes some external thing that I didn't predict happened, and it changes the whole picture. It's like, oh, I guess that's God's will. Okay, you know, now, now I know. So, I mean, I think it's... it's trying to stay open open minded which is hard it's a very hard thing because I, I already I want to have an idea and I want to know and that's it and be done you know so I don't know if this is answering your question so like it's more an open, it's more of like questions like that it's more of an, an analysis kind of an open ended thing we could talk about for hours you know but um, hopefully that answers a little yeah um, let's see sir. thank you for sharing can you talk a little bit about your relationship that work and what happened when you did the do-over with the gossipers and the side-takers and 
Well, okay, so the first time around going back to that, I mean, like it was super uncomfortable, you know, and it was all I could do to remain civil with people. And, and you know, and actually there's this one person who um, uh, I felt like God kept me away from this person for a long time because I didn't know what would come out of my mouth. And, um, but then, it was, it was, that's an interesting thing, actually, um, of, like how God worked that out. Like when I, the first time I encountered that person, it was a long time ago now, but like again, it was after, I don't know, I hadn't seen them in like eight, nine months. And then there were some events where we were both at, and just the timing, it was a weird thing that um, there was like a fire alarm, and everybody had to leave the event. And all of a sudden, I was outside with some, like a friend of mine, and this other person was outside with a friend of theirs, and the four of us like came together, and we had our first encounter. And so we were both protected by the friend like we weren't alone together and so um, that's like how God worked it out and so from that point forward we were able to like we would run into each other and say hello and like now like it's not like I have a like I see that person you know not that often with regularity and you know what I can honestly tell you I don't have resentment I'm, I'm not angry we're not friends anymore I mean like that that there was an exit sign for that but um, but it's it's civil you know, and um, that person hasn't, that could possibly have influenced my rehire, but hasn't. And so I think that, like, there's peace now around it. So I don't know how to explain how that was. But, but just the timing of that initial, con- like, because, yeah, that. And, the, and as far as the gossip, like, that person wasn't, well, there was gossip. But other people who were doing all the gossip, there was another situation where actually when the first person who retired and, like, I had all the support where they wanted to hire me, but it didn't happen. There was actually a party for this person at somebody's house who I had a big resentment against. And it was like, and they invited me to the party for the person who retired because, like, to honor him. And I was like, oh, should I go? Should I go? And so I went, and then and at that, that night at that guy's house, um, we kind of got over the resentment. And so, again, it was a God thing because I just... You know, I could have still carried it along, you know. I mean, and I think he did. But, but it all went okay, so. so thanks. I think uh, that said it. No. Oh, no, five minutes. Okay. Um. Okay, so the question is, how is has my body image changed even though my weight has stabilized? You know, it's, it's way better, but it, it's. It, I still. I still can look, I still have a thing with mirrors and windows, you know, and um, windows are a problem because every time you walk by a window, it's distorted, you know, and even mirrors are distorted too, and so, you know, I have my, like, the nice skinny mirrors and the fat mirrors and the, you know, and we still have all that stuff, like, that doesn't go away really, but um, for the most part though, like, I'm standing here, okay, for the people on the podcast, I'm, like, I actually intended to have more time to change clothes but um, I didn't have enough time because I wrote here today and that's another gift to the program but um, uh, I'm standing here in like workout clothes which before program there is no way I would have done that you know I would have like I wouldn't be anywhere in workout clothes anything tight or whatever I mean I just wouldn't have done that and um, I was one of those people that uh, you know no matter what, it was like, you know, no wearing shorts, none, none of that. But now, um, that most of that has, has been lifted most of the time. But, but I still have the thing, like, I can, I can start feeling fat, though, you know. And, and even, like, that, it still comes back, you know. 
and so that's why I have to just keep you know something that helps me actually is sometimes like I can look at other people and be more objective about how they look size wise than myself so one of the things like when I started working out at this one um, when I was doing the strength training there used to be a trainer there who I think objectively all of us would agree that she was in great shape I don't think anybody would argue that point so sometimes because I told her I was in program and um, we would stand in front of the mirror together so I could see myself next to her so I'm like unknown like it's the control like the, like the known good body versus mine you know and um, so standing next to her I could almost get a better sense of like alright well you're not her for sure because she's half your age number one and she's like you know like a model you know but um, but it could give me some perspective of like oh well you're not as enormous as you think you are and like you're, you're okay you know so sometimes there's, there's such a thing as a good compare not a compare and despair but a compare and like get your head straight you know so if that makes any sense so sometimes that works for me to do that so hopefully that answers <laughs> Um, thanks, Michelle. Talk about your relationship. You said you have a significant other. Yeah. Okay, so how does the relationship work with my, or how does the program work with my, my relationship, my significant other? Well, my significant other and I, we have been together for like 26 years. It's a very long-term relationship. And um, she's been very supportive of my program all along. And, um, and I'm very grateful for that because you know I like I need to go to meetings and so it would be hard like to have that conflict at home but in fact when I first you know the first time around when I decided to come I remember I said to her I said you know I think I need a 12 step program she said yeah I think you do (laughs) (laughs) so that was good you know and um but she she actually goes she goes to Eleanor so so we you know that's a thing that so it's good to um um, you know, she she works her Eleanor program real hard actually, and uh, has a sponsor and talks to the sponsor all the time, and and um, you know, and that's and it's been super helpful actually. Program has helped our lives because, you know, we were not blessed with the like happy family of origin on either side, and um, you know that's been a great challenge. I don't talk about it that much, and it, like it's the last minute, but just to say that, um, especially with her family, program has helped deal with them because they used to be such a source of like angst and torture and you know and it's actually more of a like an Al-Anon discussion but, but those are the things that make me eat you know so it's tied together and um, but program has helped the relationship as far as like dealing with all these conflicts of like family and you know all sorts of things and um, uh, you know uh, but yeah I have to say I'm grateful for my relationship and um, you know it's uh what can you say? You know, when you're with somebody for a long time, it's not like a honeymoon, you know. But, um, but, I, but there's nothing like the trust that you can have with somebody that you're with for a long time. And uh, and program has enhanced that that level of connection of the trust. So, you know, I hope that answers your question. You know. Okay, about it. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you.